0: Welcome to the Enlightenment Moment. In this podcast, we will discuss all matters and channels of personal development. Our goal in life is to increase our level of awareness and continuously raise our consciousness to obtain self-mastery. All right, Welcome back, everybody, to this episode of the Enlightenment Moment Podcast. I have a very special guest here today, and I'm honored. I'm going to let him introduce himself, and then we're just going to jump right into the episode. All right. Thank you for having
1: me, Aaron. I appreciate it. Um, my name is Courtney Goff, Rizzy from Rochester, New York. Uh, author, um, youth mentor, husband, a father of two daughters. Um, I really just started my passion and And of inspiring people, motivating people to be the best version of themselves, which led me to the opportunity to write um, a Little Brother Spiritual Motivation series um, to encourage many people around the world, even in other countries that have, you know, had the opportunity to read my books, listen to my Audible books, and um, just be able to touch them and uh, just having that opportunity. So I found out at a very young age with playing sports throughout my entire life that I was a leader. Um, a motivator, a person that can be able to touch and connect with the people regardless of who they are and find that common denominator between myself and them of what's going to motivate them to do the things that they need to do to be a better version of themselves. And as I continue to get older, um, I realized at that point, I just had to tap into what my purpose is to be here on earth and connecting with God more and more throughout my entire life, always had that foundation growing up. Um, I realized that that was a gift that God gave me to connect with people, to talk with people and share my testimonies and connect it back to the youth. And the biggest thing that ties back to him is my background in playing division one basketball, playing sports my entire life. And um, so I'm able to connect with a lot of the kids and the youth to say, hey, you want to get to play division one or you want to play overseas and do these different things. I can be able to help you with that information, but then also help you to be a better person as well in the process. And that's what I really hang my hat on with my services that I provide to my company, A Little Brother Inspires, um, And then most importantly, just being a man of God. So um, I would say in a small nutshell, that's myself. Um, but I also, I wanna add in the reason why the, the company in the book is called Little Brother. I have two older brothers um, raised by my mother and my father and um, being the youngest of three um, God just gave me that vision to say, little brother, I've always been the youngest in the crowds that I've been around because I had two older brothers. So I always had to latch on them as one of those things growing up. But my father said, take your little brother with you. So that just always kind of stuck as a as something that followed me. And then as I got to the point of thinking of what the title would be for my books and series where I just motivate and, and provide that spiritual motivation for everybody, um, it, was, it was a no brainer. God brought it to me and said, little brother, like it's simple. So that's where the title and the the business comes together from that
0: point with Little Brother inspires, But at a high level, that's myself, Courtney Goff. That's awesome. That introduction was a lot better than anything I could have done. So (laughs) uh, that's why I love love giving, uh, you know, my the people that come on the show the opportunity to introduce themselves. Um, And I'm just honored again to have you on here uh we actually met a little background for the viewers and the listeners we actually met through somebody that goes to my church again I'm down here in Florida uh in Tallahassee and one of the guys in my church hit me up and was like I met a young man I believe he was up uh in Georgia no it's
1: great he was going to Georgia but I met him in Greenville South Carolina randomly I was okay. going in to take our daughters and they were sick, going to the doctors and he was coming out of the doctors and we just literally connect. Like he walked past it. Hey, how's it going? I said, Hey, we we're waiting. And we just started having a conversation. It just grew from there. And it's like, now we have that mutual friend. So that's, it's just crazy how that happened. Really not crazy. It have everything happens for a reason. So yeah, that's how it
0: kind of connected to dots. I, I definitely believe that everything happens for a reason. And, uh, Again, he hit me up and was like, I, I met a young man that you need to talk to. Uh, I feel like that you guys really connect. And me and you talked uh, a couple of months ago. Um, yes. And, you know, things just didn't really line up for us. We we decided to sit down and have this conversation. But, you know, you had family things going on. I had family things yeah, going on. Yeah. Uh, and we were, just, we were just taking care of business. But now we have the opportunity yes, to sit down Um, Through that time, I actually had the opportunity and the pleasure to listen to your book two times. Um, (laughs) I wanted to first back up on it um, and listen to it again. And it it was inspiring and motivating for me. And one thing that I do want to ask, um, because it is a a spiritual book, do you feel like um, that the book is just for Um, people in Christ or do you feel like that it can motivate other people outside of Christ as well and maybe even bring people to Christ?
1: I would say the latter for sure because um, I have a lot of friends and it's similar to a lot of people you have people around you that didn't grow up in the faith don't they don't have a relationship with Christ so for me I titled that way because as Christians we're always looking for different things that whether it's a TV show movies things that we could watch that's going to feed us the spiritual food that we need. Um, but also there are people out there who are trying to find their faith. They might be jumping from faith to faith and just like not figuring it out. So for me, I feel like it's for everybody. Um, so I've had people, some of my friends that have never had a really a relationship with Christ, um, but then they read the book because of their relationship with me. But then now that is like a from for them to say, okay, well, now my mind is thinking let me, let me, maybe, let me start praying a little bit more because most times a lot of people have that foundation already of um, when they grew up, of um, their parents, their grandparents, somebody told them about Christ, but then they venture away from it. But as you know, and the word says, like, once, it's, once you teach it and you know it, you could go astray, but you're going to come back <laughs> because life, the way life works, life will put you through so many different things. And the most constant thing that's going to be in your life is God, you know, in your relationship with Christ. So it's like, You can do all these other things you want to, but God will break you down to make you come back. So and long long story short, I would say, honestly, it's for everybody. It's going to be, it's a book that has touched many people. You can see like on Amazon, I remember just seeing the reviews of people who said, hey, I'm not a believer in Christ, but I read this book and it motivated me. And to me, that answers your question. But then also helped me to say that it's people who are outside of Christianity that found you know, good things to take away from the book. And ultimately, I just want to be able to plant that seed. That seed where if you read a chapter in the first series or the second book, that you could say, you know what, let me just start trying it. Let me, let me try to build a relationship. And then from that point, God is going to take care of it from there.
0: So I just want to be able to do my part. That's awesome. Like you said, planting that seed. Once you plant that seed, then and- Um, that's one of the biggest things for me, um, being like a motivational speaker, being a mentor, being, um, somebody that, that enjoys helping people, uh, being able to plant that seed and, and have, have that seed grow. One of the hardest things for me is when you have a conversation with somebody and try to plant that seed, and then you feel like that it's not growing and you, and you see that. You feel like the person is kind of just brushing you off. Like I know that you're uh, a mentor. And how do you how do you deal with adversity like that when you feel like you're talking to the youth and trying to plant that seed and you don't really see it like catching? Like some people you can see that that grab onto your message and they're like, yes. I'm I'm gonna try this. And there's some people that right. just looking in the space, like when he gonna stop talking? Like when <laughs> he gonna, like. So, how do you? How do you uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I, definitely,
1: I definitely agree. And I think for me, sometimes I, I, I laugh at it because we've all been at that age before where, whether it's your parents, your grandparents, or older siblings, try to give you knowledge to let you know, like, hey, don't do this. And you're like, all right, come on, dad. Come on, mom. So, for me, I laugh because I, I was that person. As a, young, as a young adult. Um, but I think ultimately it goes back to what we talked about in the introduction. It's finding that place where we can connect. And the biggest thing for me, when I connect with the with the youth is telling them like, Hey, I played division one basketball. I played on ESPN. I've been on TV playing basketball and travel all around the world and being able to do it. And then if the first question that comes from, oh, how did you do it? Like what workout you do? And I can tell them like, yeah, you got to put in the hard work. But then I also implement God in that. So I mix it in there. So I'm not going to give it all to you at once because you're not going to hear it all at once, especially depending on their age and their maturity at that age. So for me, I always look at it from a perspective to say, how can I find that commonality between myself and this other person? And then from there, we can build because I can have that relationship and understand what it is that drives you. And then from that point, now let's get to where we need to go. Because on the path to get to where you want to go, you want to play Division One sports, you want to be the best player in your your state, your city. We can have that discussion, but I'm gonna tell you in my way of how I got there. I put in a hard work, but I also had this relationship with God my entire life throughout this time. Because sports are gonna fail you, friendships are gonna fail you, relationships are gonna fail you. But so then, when that happens, where are you going to? When you get hurt or you get injured, you don't have sports. What are are you going to so those are the type of things and ways that i make that connection and allows me to bridge that gap to then talk about eternal life and christ and things like that
0: and that's one thing uh because I, I do want to talk about your book uh in a little bit here i don't want to i don't want to go too deep into the book because i want the viewers mm-hmm. and the listeners to to actually get the book and read it and listen to it uh because it's very inspirational yes, um what, what was i going to say oh in in the in today's age in in society, like our youth, want everything microwave. So that's kind of oh man. And, and we talked before when we first met. Like we have uh, similarities. Uh, I played D one football. Well, I won't say I was on the D one football team. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, <laughs> I yeah, you was there. You was there. And I competed in, in mixed martial arts at the highest level for. 12 years. Um, so that's how you can definitely grab the youth in uh, being able to compete in sports at a high level, being able to walk on. I walked on at, at Temple football uh, and be able to make the team. But that grabs their attention. But like you said, the first question is, well, what did you do? Because they want to mimic what you did. And it, correct. they have to understand is everybody, even our bodies, everybody is different. But you said that the commonality is holding on to to Christ, holding on to God. And that's something that never failed you. Um, But it's no red pill that's going to get you the opportunity to do exactly what you did or what I did or what any other athlete has done. Hard work is something that you definitely have to do. That's that's something that everybody has, you know, without hard work and without God, you you get nowhere in life. Um, So, But that that's awesome, and I know I know. Um, again, that can be a little hard when when the kids just want. Well, just tell me what you did. Tell me how you was dribbling the ball. Tell me what mm-hmm. cross move you did. and I, I'm gonna just do that. <laughs> and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be on ESPN too, and it's like yeah, hard. Exactly. No, it don't it don't work like that. Like it it doesn't. Yes. Um, it definitely doesn't. That's tr- <laughs> true. That's true. And I, I feel like that's
1: like to to piggyback on that it's just. That's one of the, the – the um, and I know it's going to happen every time if I have a speaking engagement and I go and speak to the youth, that's first thing, oh, you play basketball? You're on ESPN? Do you know LeBron James? They, like, call all these different people. And then that's the first thing. A kid might walk up and just say, hey, like, what what things can I be doing? And then you can find out that person is truly serious about what they want to do in their grind and going back to what we said before, how do you plant that seed. And I might never – sometimes I never see these kids again. You know, I might just be just that time when – a uh, program director brought me in to speak to him, and I could just plant that seed and say, man, you got to put in the hard work, but you got to have God. And they might look at me like, mm, like, what are you talking about? But then, and now as a kid, your mind, And that's why I love mentoring the youth, because sometimes as we get older, we get in our ways. Unless you truly trying to go into something, a new space, or learn something new, or even truly evolve, most of the times people get stuck in their ways, but oftentimes with the youth, You can catch them at a space where you can show that love to them, true love, real love, and then they understand, like, okay, how did you get there? And that's where you can pour into them and truly change the trajectory of those kids' lives. And I feel like that's just a beautiful thing to do, even with the things that you're doing on this platform, how many people that you're able to touch in the youth because they're here into these meaningful conversations that are truly tied all back to God. Like, we could talk about everything, but know that everything cannot happen and not possible without God so yeah like not only to myself but also to you and your
0: platform and what you're doing that's awesome uh one of the questions when you guys read this book or listen to this book one thing that he has in there is uh at the end he has takeaway and he has action items um and I just wanted to ask you personally on here why why did you decide to put in the takeaways and the action items at the end of the chapter's
1: Yes, uh, for me, honestly, when I was writing this book, because that was my first book, you know, I've I've always challenged myself to do different things outside of the scope of what people put athletes in. And so when God brought it to me to say, you know what, like, I want you to write this book. And I was like, at first, was like, I don't know, God, I don't know if I could do this. And um, so when I got on a journey of starting to write the, the first book, it was one of those things where I wanted to make sure After the chapter, I wanted to make sure you took away the main thing that I wanted you to take away from the reading. And there's many things that you could take away from it, but the general theme was in the takeaway. And then the action item is where we have to implement it because I feel like sometimes we can watch or listen to a podcast and then you got that information, but are you utilizing it? Are you implementing it into your everyday life? Um, And that's where I wanted to make sure after you get done reading each chapter, you could say to yourself, like you know what, let me sit on this chapter for a day, maybe a week, and let me implement these steps from a to a point where it's like, okay, I did that. I experienced it fully. I read it. Um, I took away from what I needed, but then I implemented it. And so that's one of the main reasons why I put those, the takeaway action after each chapter to ensure that the reader is getting exactly what they need from it. So then, when you get done with the book you're like, okay, I'm fulfilled. Like I got what I needed, but then now you might go back, similar to what you said. Like I might have to go back to chapter five and really read this because this was one that touched me, but how can I add on to the action item? Is there something else that I can be doing personally in my life or even sharing it with somebody else? So I think there's a lot of things that were to make sure that that was something that was like a stepping stone for all the readers.
0: Yeah, I really like that. Um At first, uh, because you know, when when most people write books, it's like, you you have in mind what you want them to take away from it, but they don't really write what it is that that the key points are that you can take away from Correct. it. Like you said, it's more than one thing that you could probably take away from that chapter, but your purpose for writing that chapter and the way that you wrote it, this is like the key point uh, that you want them to yes. take away from it. While, yes, you can take multiple things away from it, but this is the key point, and this is how to implement this in your life, which is the action items. Um, so I thought that that was really cool, not to, because, you know, being in school, uh, being in college, you could read something and be like, I gotta tell Look. You, but is this <laughs> right.
1: cool? it, it looked, what One there and <laughs> not the other. And I, I feel like that was one point I also want to elaborate on is because I, I wasn't a big reader you know, whether it was middle school, high school, I wasn't a big reader. I wasn't a big reader until I really started to like be in grad school. And I was like, okay, I want to really read books that I can take something away from it. And I started really picking up different Christian men's book and father books to say, okay, how can I get this knowledge and then implement it? And so for me, that was the same thing when I'm thinking about writing this book, like the thing that discouraged me early on when I was a kid was somebody would give me a book, a mentor, anybody and it's a book is 300 pages you kind of defeated me because I'm like wow 300 pages like in my my mind as a kid so I wanted to make sure the book was was short sweet to the point but had a lot of value a lot of meat in there and for me it's like as when I think about mentoring the youth if I'm like hey go ahead and grab this book let's go do chapter by chapter and have this discussion in our next session so then now they can actually be able to read it Take it all the way in, but then be also be able to talk about, articulate exactly what they got from it, but then make it practical. How can you apply this to when you're going to high school, to middle school, or you're in college as a freshman, or you're about to graduate high school or college? Like, it's practical. And that's why I wanted to make it easy for, even if, you know, I've had 11-year-olds and 12-year-olds read the book because it's allowed them to read it where it's not all these crazy extra stuff but it's straight to the point where anybody can pick it up and take that information in. so yeah to your point I, I'm look I was the same way but now I'm at a point now where I, I read constantly but yeah that's that's definitely something I focused on when writing the book
0: yeah and it's good uh even though it doesn't have like big words and things and, and like that in there because Correct. you do kind of cater to the youth as mentoring them uh Correct. It doesn't matter your age; it still lands for you, or at least it lands. For you. Um, no matter if it has the big college words in there, or if it's very simple and straight to the point. Um, when it has more, fun, that's when you start to get start second guessing. Like, well, is this what I'm supposed to take from this material, or was right. it I'm supposed to focus? Too much on the extra should I, should <laughs> I look up what this word really mean, or should I? Right. Just- You know,
1: and that was those. I I just think about that. Those are the things that bother me when I would read a book. Like, and you're putting a word here. And and I got my master's degree, I got a bunch of certificates working in senior leadership and corporate. I can use a lot of different words, but at the end of the day, is am I doing that for myself to, to make myself feel high and mighty, or am I putting this in a place where this person that's reading this can pick it up and say, I know exactly what he's talking about, and now I can implement it? And that's what I had to like going through the process process of writing, and I had to truly think to myself and say, if, if my my nephew is 10, 11 years old, if he, he could pick this book up and be able to say, oh, wow, I understand what Uncle talking about, and I could implement it. That was my main goal, because if they can understand it, the adult's going to understand that as well, but most importantly, like we were talking about, the impressionable, uh, impress- it's easy to, to put that impression on, the imprint on uh, the youth, and that was the main focus for sure, simple and
0: sweet, to the point. Yeah. So you you already answered one of my questions before I even had the opportunity to ask it. I felt like I felt like that. I heard this in your book, but I wasn't sure. But you have two older brothers. So right. so the young you're the youngest of the, the two. Um, so I wanted to ask you, because in your book, you talked about how your father uh, created structure and discipline for you guys. Yes. And for me, I have altogether five boys and I have another boy on the way. So I'm going to have six boys. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. So it, I feel like it's easier to create structure and discipline when you're dealing with boys, but you have two little mm-hmm. girls. Um, but um, one Ooh. thing that I want to say when a father is teaching structure and discipline, it teaches the males how to be men. So on the the opposite side, when you're teaching your daughters structure and discipline, what do you think that does for them?
1: Honestly, um, I take bits and pieces like from my my growing up with my parents, um, you know, just giving the advice that they have. But then also, I think the biggest thing is that's why it's important when the person that you marry, the person that that you marry and say, hey, this is my wife. I want to have kids with you. I want to grow a family and build our empire. Um, I was blessed to meet my wife. And that's a person that comes in for the things that I can't do, she can do. Because she's a woman. She was a a young girl at one point. Um, But I also know that discipline is a thing that's pretty much all the way around. Regardless of who you are, you have to be able to give discipline and be able to take it. Um, But I think the mannerism of how you do it is different. Um, and, and that's something that I'm learning with having two daughters. You know, my wife had to remind me to be softer um, because I'm so used to playing sports and don't do this, don't do that. And I got to be able to, hey, you know, be more calm and ca- come over and whisper and say it for her, just walk her through. Hey, I, you don't do that because daddy don't want you to fall off the tub. You know, like I, I have a couple days days where she gets out of the tub, she wants to dance right on the ledge. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Daddy don't want you to fall. But she's thinking I'm playing. So it's like, finding like a a, a, a a balance between the two of, you know, being hard, but then also being soft. And that's one thing that I've learned with becoming a father and then having two girls is that I have to be softer. So I feel like to answer your question, I feel like discipline is the same, but it's the mannerism of how you do it. Um, just being a little bit more softer with the, with the girls because I have two nephews and, you know, with them growing up, I could tell them the way that my father told me because again you're your man you got to take these certain things in and be able to still perform take action but also listen to the rules and understand what's being told to you at the same time because I feel like discipline is so important because if you don't have that structure as you're growing up you're not it's going to be hard for you to get it when you get older and it's harder it's harder because now the world is going to teach you structure jail you know that's that you don't want that type of structure. That's not a structure that's going to allow you to edify your mind and become a better person. Um, but truly getting it as at the youth, and you know, even that, again, that just ties back to my main focus because there's people out there who don't have the structure, whether it's in their home, single parent home, or even sometimes some of my clients they have two parents in their home, but they don't. They take better um, advice from someone outside of the home, someone that's like. My parents too old, they don't understand. So when they see me, they're like, oh, like, cool, you got a little swag, okay. Like, I'm, I'm gonna listen to what he's saying. Like, all oh, like his shoes that he got on or his hat, you know, different things like that, where again, commonality, we're connecting, where now I can be able to build and have that relationship. But yeah, I would say
0: just going back to the girls is just being more softer, all in all. Yeah, and I think that is is awesome that, I mean, a lot of people, like you said, coming from a two parent household, don't even necessarily learn structure, but because you have that structure and discipline, I think that's indirectly teaching your daughters what to look for in a man, in a leader, you know? So uh, when they grow up, they're going to want a leader to mimic what they they were growing up with. And it's like, you know, some people like, oh no, you got to find a man with money. You got to find a man that's doing this and doing that. But you need, men need structure. Men hold structure. In the household, as the leader, correct, and, correct. Uh, discipline. For now, um, a lot of people look at discipline as spanking and, and things like that, and yeah. But it is that's not that's not always it's deeper, right? So I think exactly. No, awesome, it, man,
1: you hit it, you hit it right on the head.
0: Yeah, I, I think awesome. it's awesome that you you learned that you know at a young age, and that you're able to transition that into the way you raise your daughters, because that's just going to help them find. Uh, a Christian man that is a leader yeah. at whole structure and discipline in the household, as well as in the community and at work and, and things of that nature.
1: I, I agree. Um, I didn't even get to touch on that, but that's, that's something that's very um, prevalent right now in our home and our house, because that's something that I'm always thinking about, you know, how I treat their mother, how they see us love one another for them to understand how, as a as a future wife, how to love your husband, how your husband is supposed to love you, how he's supposed to leave the house and the things, different actions that, where by the time you get to the point when you want to, you know, date and have a boyfriend and looking for, or, you know, just in that spot, that space of, you know, uh, hey, I want to be a wife and I'm looking for a husband, that's your focus, is that now you're going to be able to refer back to what happened in your past and your upbringing, like, how was dad? How do you treat mom and that they open in my car door? Like these are different things that these are habits. So they expect these things. So if that boy walks up, his pants down his butt, and he ain't open the door for you, they, oh, you automatically gonna know like something, not right. This not, is not the guy because my dad don't do that, you know? So I agree with you 1,000%. And that's actually, um, I had this week off, you know, uh, week off from work. And during this time, I've been working on my book. Uh, My third book that I'm working on for my daughter specifically um, called Raising Queens and just really the same format of what I'm doing in the spiritual motivation books. But this one is catered specifically to raising daughters, being a girl dad. Um, So I'm excited about that because to your point, like you segue right into it is that I'm able to figure out how I'm going to have those conversations. And even when I'm long gone, that these books that your father wrote maybe i don't touch on all of them but you can put all these books together and say these are the things that dad wanted me to take away from life and the the main common factor between any books that i write any podcasts interviews is god and so once you know and understand that if you don't take nothing else from me you know like man my dad was a believer and and this is his biggest thing that he put in his head is, is faith um so yeah, that, that, that is perfect that you said that because that's exactly what I'm doing right now and focusing on my next book is around focus around them and understanding what things I have to do as a father to, to prepare them for life. And most of it comes back to my actions. Every single day what I'm doing, I can tell you anything, but my actions is going to be the main focus.
0: Yeah, that, that last point is definitely true because as mentors, as fathers, as, as husbands, like you can, you can speak and say all of these mm-hmm. things but it's like what are what are you doing are you actually doing the things uh are you living it out you know you can yes. even you know you teach preach you could do all of those things yes. but how are you living like are you living those things out uh so that's good that Thanks. you that, that last point with that um for those of you who who can see this um he has on a shirt it says inspire i want you to tell us a little bit about about that
1: Yes. So we um, with starting my youth mentoring company probably about two and a half, three years ago. Um, it started off with me just having my books on there and then being able to provide the youth mentoring services. And then from there, I said to myself, like, how can I, you know, you know, promote my brand, market my brand? And, you know, with my company be called being called Little Brother Inspires. So I said to myself, like, why don't I make some gear that's fresh, something that I would wear. And then now I'm a walking billboard wherever I go, Um, and then people—that's how I start the conversation. They say, "Hey, like, hey, what's the inspire? Where'd you get that from?" So then I'm able to say, "Oh, you know, I'm actually the, you know, the owner of Little Brother Inspires Company. You know, put this youth mentoring company together to inspire the world one by one. You know, we're talking about Christ and putting Christ into our youth and provide spiritual motivation." I'm like, "Oh, wow, what's that?" So then I, I can pass you my business card, I can give you an email, and just build that relationship from there. But I feel like. Um, once the, the book took off, the first book just took off, and people were just so excited about it. And I was like, you know, let me put some shirts on there. And then it went from shirts to hats to cell phone holders, like just, it just started basically getting its own legs. And then for me, I'm a fashion person myself. Like I like to dress fly. Like I, I want to make sure I'm, you know, whatever I'm wearing, if it's on my site, it's something that I wear. I'm not going to put anything on there that I'm not wearing. And for me, I think that's the beauty of, just listening to God's voice, listen to God's whisper. When he gives you a vision, it can seem crazy. You can be like, man, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do that. But if I would have never started this book, I would have never had a clothing line. You know, like that would have never even came about because I would have never even thought of that. I never thought in my mind, well, i am going to have a clothing line? But here today, for the past two and a half years, I've had a clothing line. And I can look randomly on Facebook or Instagram and somebody just at an event in the summertime and they have my gear on. You know, or just being out and being back in, you know, we had a family, um, kind of like a reunion, honestly, because the COVID was so much going on. We met down in Florida and my whole family pull up and they all got on the gear, head to toe. So it's just like those type of things for me that, you know, inspire my, inspire me to just continue to keep going. But then also I want to inspire others to say, wow, he wrote a book he got his own clothing line he has a mentoring business and to say to themselves like okay wow that inspired me what, what what can I be doing and maybe I need to get a little bit deeper into my relationship with God so that it all go at the end of the day it just comes back in the full circle of what inspires you and what inspires me is my relationship with God and then from that point just speaking to me telling me what to do and motivate me to do it, but then doing the things that I do is inspiration for someone else. Um, so I just think it all comes back full circle any way that you look at it. But yes, the, the gear is and the apparel is something that the people love. People are buying it. Last year we sold out of the sweatsuits um, so I knew this year like you know I would make sure it's restocked and it's available. Uh, working with this shipment, um, but yeah, so it's available for everybody right on the website, LittleBrotherinspires.com.
0: That's awesome, man. Uh, just so everybody know, uh, down in the show notes, I'm gonna have all his uh, social media information, the links to his books, um, and the links to all his um, his apparel. So you could just go down to the show notes and click on that, and um, it'll take you right to all his information. Y'all could follow him on social media, uh, and and definitely buy the books. Definitely buy the apparel rock that and maybe y'all be even inspired to inspire other people Uh, um that's definitely just, just talking to you um like i never thought about clothing lines and things like that but like the way that you said you did the steps uh it makes sense that your your clothing line and things like that was able to take off the way that it was um just inspiring and you were inspired by god and now you're inspiring other people so that's just that's just awesome and I'm pretty yeah, sure, you even though you have you're the youngest of three, you inspire your older brothers. You you inspire your mom, your dad. Oh, for sure. Just inspiring your wife. Uh, but yes, sir. Again, I wanted to talk a little bit about the book, and I didn't want to go too deep into it. But one of the things that really caught my attention was uh in chapter ten. I believe it was chapter ten because listening to it on uh, Audible, I don't know if the chapters relate. Uh, sometimes in, in books, the chapters don't relate, but in chapter 10, uh, you talked about the four seasons. Um, yes. so can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, um, that
1: was a, a it's like that that chapter. I really love that chapter because it, it put a lot of meat in there. I didn't want to put too much, but that was a chapter that was a little bit longer than the other chapter. Just really talking about the importance of the four seasons of life from my perspective, Um, The things that I've experienced in my life and the the four season breakdown as to breakage, um, breakage, grind, breakthrough, and then the last one is fruits. And when you think about breakage as a first season, I think about the removal of people, places, and things from around you. Um, For you to evolve in your life and to get in that place of that next season, which is the grind season, you have to remove the distractions from around you. If you have friends and family members who are I don't understand that this is your goal of writing a book, like let me put myself in a position. I had to look at, okay, for me to get in this season of breaking and removing the things from around me, if they don't add to me, I took those things away. If it's steering me in a way that's not to God, that's not a relationship that I need to have. And by no means am I saying you can't have friends that might not be going in the right direction because God have placed you in those people's life to help them get back on track but what I'm saying is if you bring up to somebody and I've experienced it when I first started writing my book and I am like hey man I'm writing this book about spiritual motivation and someone's like oh man nobody writing a book nobody reading books that's a person right there that's telling you even if they're playing around it's, it's seriousness in every joke and so for me, I just take heed of that and I just keep going moving forward. So in that breaking season, that's when you're moving those people, places and things from around you to be able to take off on that rocket that God's going to put you on. Because everybody can't go with you where you're going in life. Sometimes it's just meant for you and maybe your family, your wife, your kids. Um, And, and after that, <laughs> you have to maybe reach them once you get to your point. Um, so that's the breakage season, which then leads into the grind season. That's pretty much exactly what it is where you get getting that tunnel vision of locking in on exactly what it is you want to do in your life and just saying to yourself, like, whatever it is I have to do to this spirit, I'm prioritizing my time to ensure that everything that has, uh, surrounds my day, instead of me scrolling for two hours on my phone, I'm gonna make sure I do that and researching how to market and promote my brand. I'm gonna look at how to edit books and put it in format all these different things that we can be utilizing our time to be more effective. That's what you're doing in that grind season, you're putting in that grind every single day. And then you get to the breakthrough season. This is the the, the moment I'll put the analogy in the book is when you're in the gym, you start to go back to the gym. Maybe after that four, first four weeks, six weeks, you start seeing changes in your body. You like, Okay. I got some cuts to my arm. I see an ab coming in. You know what I mean? Like, so you start feeling, You see the results. You see the results. And what happens during that breakthrough season is that that you start seeing, like, okay, I've been putting in some effort. I'm seeing some results. But then it leads to the last opportunity, the last season, which would be fruits. And this is the season in life that everybody wants to get to where it's like everything is working. The machine is oiled. You're not running into a lot of problems. And if you do run into a problem, you're able to just slap it down real quick and keep moving. And the difference is because a lot of people get to that point. Going to your 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 point that you made earlier about the microwave. When you go through the microwave, you skip the first three seasons. You didn't put in. You didn't have any breakthrough. You didn't remove anybody around you. You you didn't grind. You didn't you didn't have any breakthrough. It just was like, hey, yesterday I put this post up, and two hours later it goes viral. I wake up and everybody's hitting me up. I got a million followers, and now they want me to be on Good Morning America, CNN, all these different things. So you don't understand. How to get to that point so when you're in that fruit season where you're there you're on these platforms you can you don't know what to do because why you got there so fast so that's why when you get to the fruit season to stay in that place you have to stay motivated because if you don't you're in right right back up into the grind season where now you gotta start all over again and grind but if you get there and stay motivated don't lose your focus then you can stay in that, that place your entire life because now your, your connections and network with people is different. So now you're thinking different. You're being challenged different. You're now walking in the room where you're not the smartest person there. So now you can actually, hey, I see that you guys are talking about investing in some apartment complex buildings. How, how, how can I get involved in that? How can I understand, you know, what the city and town is looking to do next in downtown and build out a new different area where you can get into those investments? These are the things that happen because when you're going after your goals in life and the different that you have in life. Once you reach your goal, God has done; He's moved you up to a, a new level in life. So, some of the things you did in your past, you, you already broke through those things. And you have to get to a point where you're thinking on that level of who you are now after going through those four seasons of life, because you shouldn't be the same. You should have evolved to, you know, a better and greater version of yourself. But yeah, in a nutshell, that that was, is what's in that 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 chapter talking about the four seasons of that time chapter, because it just it's just so important. I feel like we all go through those different seasons um but it's important to identify them to know where you are and then from that point, what do I have to do to get to ultimately the fruit seasons of life?
0: yeah, and that's awesome like the uh going back like the hardest thing is that that breakthrough no uh is the the breakage and it's because mm-hmm. we like to hold on to so much and and as human beings, like we don't like change once we get settled Like, I'm not trying to change it. It's working for me. me. I'm so used to it not working for me that I don't want to try to change it because then I might end up in a situation where it's really not working for me. But you might not even like the situation you're in, but we're still so afraid of change that we won't do anything about it. Uh, Letting go of friends, letting go of family, letting go of Mm -hmm. of things that don't serve you and serve God. It's so hard to, to sometimes get past that first step. And we'll we'll probably try something, say a new diet or something. We'll try that for a week, and it's like, well, this joint ain't really working for me. So exactly, I, I was doing. It's like you you didn't exactly really you, you didn't really try. try.
1: You didn't you didn't really put in the time and the effort. And and I feel like we're all guilty of it. We've all been in that place. And and I think the biggest thing for me, when you're in that breakthrough period, that breakage period, that removal, um, I was actually as I was writing it, I was going through that. I was going through those periods where. Friends that I grew up with, we were going in different directions because I got married. Now I have kids. So my priorities change and only your true friends understand that. You know, your friends that are gonna be there, you know, forever through thick and thin to understand like now if I have a wife and if you and you love me, you say you're my brother, you understand that I can't go out and do different things I did before. I gotta be here with my wife. I gotta be here with my kids. So I'm, I'm not doing the things that we should do in college. I'm not doing the things we used to do in high school. Because I'm a, I'm a man now. And you said that in the Bible. You know, when I was a child, I thought like a child. But now I'm a man. I don't do child. I throw away childish things. So I don't do those things because, as you said, it doesn't bring me back anything. It doesn't bring any fruits to my life. Because I've evolved mentally past those things to not even indulge in those things anymore. Because my mind is focused. So how am I going to build my empire? What am I going to leave for my kids? What am I? How can I make sure if something would ever happen to me, my, my wife, my kids are straight, you know? And then my grandkids and my great grandkids. These are thoughts that happen now. It shift from how we were thinking growing up to now. When you're a father, you're the leader of the house. It's on your shoulders, and it's it's for you to lead and guide your family. you are going to go. So it's very important to remove those things, and even not only people but places. Some people are tied and bonded to places where they go, where you used to hang out, where you know, if you go to this bar, you go to this club that is gonna bring you to a place where you're not growing, then that's something that you have to pull yourself away from and find something else to do with your time that's gonna bring value back to yourself, your family and others, because that's what it's about in the the day. Our life is so precious and it can be taken just like that, but we have the choice to make those decisions in the moment to say, am I going to do this? Is this going to be beneficial? And you know, as being a father, like you think about those things, (laughs) you know, like I want to make sure I'm okay. Am I going to go swim in the ocean with 12 sharks? No, I'm probably not going to do that because I want to be alive. I want to make sure I see my family and my kids. So it's like, you might have would have did, not saying you would have did that, but I'm just saying like some people might go bungee jumping or anything like that. But now when you have kids, you think about, okay, what if this don't go the way it's planned? you know, because I got to make sure I be here for, you know, my family. So, yeah, I think that's very important. But as you get
0: older, it's easier for that breakage season. Yeah. And one of the things that you you touched on as well, like uh, at the end, when you get to the fruits, it's kind of like the motivation. You got to stay motivated. And I know, you know, and I know going through sports, going through life in general uh, this is where people fall short because they rely so much on motivation and us being motivational speakers. Uh, it's yes. kind of hard to say that motivation is fleeting, just like emotions. Motivation yes. comes yes. and goes. Like You could be motivated the night before to wake up at 4 a.m. to go to the gym and work out. Yes. But when that alarm goes off at 4 a.m., you're exactly. not as motivated as you was. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. I, I always say, or I started saying like dedication over motivation because you have to be dedicated mm. to a thing. You got to have that discipline. Mm. And so no matter if I want to get up and work out or not, no matter, if I, wanna, no I like matter if I wanted to sit down and finish writing that book, you're dedicated to writing that book. You're not, you may not be motivated, you know, because motivation right. comes and goes, you might start writing when you got to chapter 10, you start getting the flow. You was probably motivated. Through chapter that's a, ten. that's a fact then you hit that. chapter 11 and you're like man i don't know like i might as well end the book at chapter 10 like i, I hit a home run right here Right?
1: <laughs> no no that is
0: true <laughs> but um no, dedication, that's very true that's very true yeah dedication over motivation because again like i said motivation is fleeting just like our emotions uh when people are too emotional they can't think straight they they lead with emotion and they they don't do the right actions but when you're dedicated mm-hmm. to a thing no matter if you're motivated or not, you, you see it through to the end. So uh, motivation yeah, is right. good. Motivation is a good thing. Um, and it, yes. some, I, I started going to self-motivation because you can't always look to the outside for somebody to exactly. motivate you. Exactly. I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Exactly. And
1: I, I, think, I think another thing to, oh, I'm sorry, it went froze, so I, I thought you stopped. Go ahead, what are you saying? No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say to your point about self motivation. I feel like um, athletes, we have that because to know you gotta wake up to go to six a.m. practices. You gotta run miles during the summer time when everybody else is partying, doing different things that they want to do. You gotta still do your homework. Um, all these different things, you have to be motivated, and it has to come with from within. And I think that's the, the big difference from people who grow up with that sports background is that you're internally motivated. You find that motivation. At six in the morning, you're in the weight room, and it's like, like oh, I want to do it. But then once you get in there, you're like, oh, I'm going to throw something around. I'm going to throw these weights around. Yeah, now I'm in here. Yeah. like, like oh, Now you just, you know, and then you start talking to yourself, you get motivated. And I know for me, like, I feel like that just comes with anybody who I feel like plays sports, you talk to yourself, man. Many times in your life, you get in it. all right, man, I don't want to run this mile, but all right, we got we to gotta do it. We got to do it. Let's get it. Let's get this money. And from that point, that's where you said that self-motivation comes into play, because as you said, it's fleeting. It does go, but dedication and with motivation, I think that, that's beautiful, because if you stay dedicated to it, that means that you have consistency. After a while, the consist- consistency is going to show where that breakthrough is going to happen. Now you you're going to see every all of the stuff that you put into it. It's going to come to life. You're going to start seeing those fruits. So that's awesome. I like that. Dedication of motivation.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I might have said it once or twice on this podcast. I might have told a few people. But honestly, like every time I got in the cage or the ring, like the first thought to myself, was like, why am I in here? Like, why? I don't even want to be in here. Like, I'm <laughs> motivated in the back, listening to music, warming up, hitting pads, but the moment you walk out to your music and your hype music, you good, you walk uh-huh. in there, you shut the cage, you're like, why, why am I even in here? Like, why not put myself in this situation? <laughs> why I
1: sign up for this? <laughs>
0: and, and then, you know, once the bell ring and the first punch or kick is thrown, then you're like, all right, you relax and like you mm-hmm. get get motivated, you talk positive yeah. to yourself. Cause if you again, if you talk negative to yourself, your body's gonna respond to that. You, exactly so follow you yep, yep. That, that, that's uh self-motivation but I, I did ask myself <laughs> like every time I went out there like why am I doing this like what I could, be, I could be doing a whole lot more thing I could be sitting in the crowd just watching the fights like why am I <laughs> in the <cage?"> but yeah <laughs> uh, excited. One,
1: of,
0: one of the quotes <laughs> that I really like from your book uh I don't even know if it is a quote but I made it a quote but <laughs> yeah. it was uh <laughs> Wear your blessings confidently. Mm. That was that was something that I really liked. Mm. That was something that stuck with me when when I listened to the book. Um, is that something that you? Is that something that may not be a quote, but um, is that something that plays over and over in your head for you? Yes, I, I think that that's important because for me,
1: um, as I was writing this book and a lot of stuff is all all of it is tied to. Me my testimony, things I went through in my life. For me, I'm always fine. I have to find my balance because I'm, I'm a very humble person. Um, I'm not a person that's going to say, hey, I did this. I did that. And blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm not that person. So for me, sometimes I, I have that, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I can't think of the word I'm thinking for, but it's almost like when you're guilty about the people around you not maybe in the same space that you are. So you don't want to gloat or se- seem like you're gloating saying the positive things that are happening in your life because they are not specifically feeling it. But then I realize that I, you know, get into that space where I'm talking to God about my feelings of God. I don't want to feel this way. You know, my heart, you know, that I'm not a bragging person. I'm a humble guy. Um, but I also want to make sure I'm not selling you short by not, you know, sharing my testimonies and things that you did, have done in my life. And that's where it came with just saying, you know, wearing your blessings because at the end of the day, you had to wear them confidently because somebody's going to ask you, like, whether it's, you know, and I've been talked about that in the book, whether you buy, a, you get a brand new house, you get a brand new car, or, um you know, maybe even you had a baby. That's a, Those are blessings. So when somebody say, Oh, man, your baby's so beautiful, man. Man, that's that's a blessing from God. God, glory to God. So you're able to always tie it back, even in those little phrases like that, where a person might hear, it it might go through one thing and all the other, but then they still think, oh, he's acknowledging God. Yep, because it's not about you. It's about me and God and my relationship with him, because he see everything that I'm going through, all the conversations that I have. So every Every point in time, I have to be able to acknowledge and say the reason why these blessings came in my life and I say them confidently is because of God. And so that removes the place of anybody saying, oh, he's bragging. He being bragging, No, I'm telling you off the bat, like, this is from God and I'm thankful that he gave it to me. And sometimes people, you don't have to go overboard and say, oh, God did this and start preaching. No, you know, God provided this for me. I want you to know and understand that. Um, because I want you to take that away. I don't want you to say, oh, he was a great athlete and all this stuff. Yeah, I could tell you those things. But at the end of the day, it wouldn't be possible without God. So that's what I mean when I say, you know, you know, wear it confidently, you know, wear it on your sleeve and knowing that you went through these different things. But then you're able to speak to those testimonies. And, and again, going back to inspiring other people, because you're telling your, your, your testimony things that you've been through and why it's possible for you to speak about those blessings in your life. That, again, will inspire somebody else.
0: Yeah, and you you touched on um, your story. Uh, I do, I, I definitely want to have you back on the podcast um, just so you can talk mainly about your story. I, I actually wrote down, I wanted you to talk about your story of your biggest adversity. I mean, I know it because you told it to me. I know it because I listened to the book, but I don't want you mm-hmm. to talk about it now because it is in the book. Mm-hmm. So I do want people to mm-hmm. actually read the book or listen to the book and be able to, uh, hear that story or read sure. that story. Um but I do definitely want to have you back on the podcast so we can talk specifically about overcoming adversity. Um oh yeah I would love that I would love that I would yeah, love but, that you know I don't want you to give that that big nugget now and yeah. they, you know, take away from the book when they start to read or listen to it like oh I heard this let me skip this chapter like no you gotta you gotta skip faster, to right yep, yep. <laughs> yeah but um so yeah I definitely want to have you back on the podcast. Um, the adversity that you overcame was, it, it was uh, character building and um, the way that you were able to capitalize and, and praise God over everything that you went through. You know, some people, even, I don't want to say the littlest things because every everybody goes through situations and people For sure. uh, people take on situations differently. So I don't want to minimize sure. anybody else's situation. By saying uh, the situation wasn't as big as yours, but the things that you went through uh, were definitely stuff that would stop people in their tracks. And you know, uh, unfortunately, some people end up. And I know it's going over the top, but homeless, you know, because Mm. like their dreams snatched from them, and it's like now everything is the end of the world. And you know what? Anything now, like why am I? Yes. You know, if I if I believe in God, like, why would God allow this to happen to me? And it's, it's character building. Yep. Uh, you said, and yes, I, I say all the time, everything happens for a reason. You just have to find out what that reason is. When you're Correct. so close to the problem, when you're inside the maze, when you're inside the forest, you don't see the bigger picture. Um, when right. you're so close to your problems, you don't know exactly what's going on. And I, I talked about this um I made a fight analogy when you're in the fight and we're close to close and we're throwing blows you don't know what's mm-hmm. actually coming next you got to take a step back and realize and cut angles and see correct. the picture of what's going on Um. That's so when, when negative things or things that we perceive as negative uh happen in our lives we need correct. to take a step back take a deep breath talk to God and, and try to figure out exactly what's going on what is the purpose of this happening maybe we're not going mm-hmm. in the direction that that God is is trying to send us. We're we're trying to Correct. do it in our own will. Uh, God gives yeah. everybody abilities and and gifts, and if you're using them not in the way that He intended them to to be used, then yeah. you know it may you seem like, redirect you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's a like, fact. That's a fact. Like, uh, you you're going in the wrong direction, dead end. Like now, go go the other way. Like we we start. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly, and I and, and I think that that's I think that that's big time because, um, and like that happens. Me and my wife were having a conversation about this, and sometimes like our daughter was running around the table, and as a parent, you know, younger kids, first thing you do is you put your hand on the corner to make sure they don't hit their head, and so um, when my daughter ran around, my wife had to push her. And then catch her with her foot, which she, you know, she didn't get hurt anything, but she had to catch her. That was like a bumped her off, but it was better for her to fall on her leg and catch her than for her to hit her head and hit her eye right on the corner of the table. And we talked about relating that to God. Like for example, you get something taken away from and you, you you could look at it from a negative connotation and say. This is like, why would this happen? But you don't know. What, what if you would have hit that table of life, that table of life, that analogy, whatever that was that could have knocked you out, that could have killed you, could have had you in a place where your mind is is going, your spirit is going, everything is empty. And I feel like sometimes we have to look at that. And I feel like as I became, and I don't feel, I know, as I became a father, I know and understand. Now I understand God even more because there's things that you have to do when putting discipline in your kid's life. You want them to have fun and all that. You don't want them to cry, but at the end of the day you have to prepare them. You know it's it's what's coming. So I wouldn't be doing my part as a father if I just gave you everything. If God just gave us everything and told us what was gonna happen, you think the world funny now, it'd be really funny because people wouldn't do nothing. They would just be sitting around like, okay, oh, I ain't gonna do nothing. I know it's coming on December 25th. I know it's coming on January 3rd. I'm gonna sit here and chill. Oh yeah, it's coming. So it's like he wants to, again, like you said, build the character. And that's where that character comes into play. And that's why when we talked about even just kind of wrapping up with the conversation in the beginning, we talked about, you know, tying it back for the youth to say, yeah, you want to get to these points and put in the hard work. But at the end of the day, when those things are not there, what are you depending on? Because I see it with so many people. You look at Carmelo Anthony. He was in the league. He got pulled out of the league. He was saying, I had mental issues because I couldn't play basketball anymore. This is a person that's played basketball his entire life. Like, at some point, you know you got to give it up. And your body, father, father time. But at the end of the day, he was still going through it. So imagine that kid that think that he going to the NBA, NFL, professional boxer.
0: And
1: that's what you put all these hours in, over 10,000 hours in of time. And then I would get taken away from you. So it's like you gotta have something that's consistent that's gonna always be there and that's gonna be God. So, um, just to tie that to what you were saying and like even the things that we talked about in the prior part, you gotta have that consistency and it comes from God.
0: Yeah, and the last thing I want to touch on before we, uh, you know, before we wrap things up is is one thing you you said in the book, and again, read the book, listen to the book. I don't want to give too many nuggets, but this was something as well that I related to, but I, I seen it in a different light. Uh, when you talked mm-hmm. about, I think it was like the, the the street lights and you just expect people to to stop. And um, when you get in a car, mm-hmm. you just expect your brakes to work. And we trust things like that to happen. Like we drive over a bridge and you trust that the people that built the bridge, built it's it to right stay road, up. <laughs> So you, you, in the book, you said, trust in God the same way. And the only, I, I, I felt that, but the only thing I would say is have faith in God the same way, Uh, because Mm -hmm. we have faith in, in all of these, like you said, like the house that we are in, we have faith that they built it the right way that our roof is going to stay on that the doors and the windows the right way. Like we have faith in so many people and we don't, and we don't look at it as faith. Uh, but it, it is definitely blind faith that I'm going to go oh, yes, on the car a sure. lot uh, because you said it's a new car zero miles when I turn the car on and say zero miles I have faith exactly. that that's a, exactly what that's it is really
1: true.
0: I have yeah. faith when I pull off this lot that my windshield wipers and my brakes are going to work all the way into mm-hmm. the quarantine like you have blind faith mm-hmm. in humanity and yes. so many things that that uh, are man-made or given to us mm-hmm. by man but we don't have faith in God. We don't have blind faith in God the same way. Like we, we didn't meet anybody that ever made any of the cars that we drove. Like when we get on bus, we never met. But,
1: but we believe.
0: But we believe it. We take it for fact and
1: we go on with our lives and we don't even think about it. And um, yeah, that and that's why that came to me in my mind. Um, and I thank God for that because he's brought to me like, you know, you know, trust God the way that you trust your brakes trust you that there's light oh and it's green you never seen anybody at yeah, a green light just stop man look left look right oh yeah that's good I'm gonna keep going you know like no one's doing that so I feel like if we look at it, we have faith in so many different things around us and we trust so many things around us that it becomes a point of um why don't we we so we know how to do it but we just have to channel it towards God And when we do that, and for me, I feel like that was the best thing I learned from going through those adverse moments in college of just, that's what I learned, faith. I got the big faith when it comes to anything that comes to me in my life or anybody around me, my family, my friends, because I'm like, man, I have seen God move in my life, in my family life, my friends' life, that it's like, I'm not questioning. It's not negative, like you said. It's all going to come back. It's going to happen for a reason. We all love God, so we all know it's going to work according to his will that he has on our life. And and
0: that's the most important thing when you have that confidence. Yeah, and I, I definitely again I want to definitely have you back on the podcast um, for sure. We got we got to link up and, and do a conference or something together. We got we got to put put it put something together. Um, but I want you to be able to for sure, brother. Um, right now plug plug all your information again. I'm going to have it all in the description. But I just want to give you the opportunity to you know plug whatever you want to plug your IG your any any platforms that you're on and um yeah so go ahead
1: all right yeah yeah you can find me on instagram at courtney golf Official. um my business page is little brother inspires and that's on instagram facebook you can find me right on there all you got to do is put little brother inspires it pop up um if you want to check out my website which will have all the handles on there just go to www.littlebrotherinspires.com that'll have my booking information uh, all my books on there, the apparel, my youth mentoring services available, all that information is right on the website. So anything that you're looking for to get in touch with me is on there. Um, on my Instagram, I do like daily just motivation, like quick clips, just inspiring people in the morning and in the afternoon. So you can check that out. Um, also have a YouTube channel where I talk about different things. I got a podcast. I did probably about during the pandemic. I'm looking to start back up. Aaron definitely energized and gave some inspiration to me. So me and my brother are looking to do a venture with that on YouTube to provide some visuals for the listeners, um, but also on YouTube as well. Spiritual uh, little brother inspires same thing. But um, I appreciate you having me on. This was a, a great to have this discussion. I would love to come back on. Um, and like I said, hats off to you for what you're doing because you're touching a lot of people, having a lot of meaningful meaningful conversations. So
0: thank you again for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. I appreciate you as well. And I now I might just put the link to your your website because all the information is on there. Yeah, it's right. It's right
1: there. You don't even got to do all the handles. It's right there because you can go around the website. Top we got an Instagram, the YouTube. Everything is all on there, easy
0: accessible for the people to find it and get all the information that they need. All right, so definitely everybody check out his books, um, check out his website and check out his social media. I do want to say those clips that you put up. Uh, again, because everybody wants microwave information because it's yep. so fast and to the point. That's good because a lot of people don't have the attention span that they right. need to have in order to learn and process things. They just want something 60, 90 seconds, and after that, they clicking and off. So those For little sure. video clips that you put up are definitely uh where it's at right now, and it is definitely motivational. Um, so definitely check out Courtney Goff. Um and I'll let you guys know when I'm going to have him back on the podcast and we're going to talk about overcoming adversity for sure, because his story, as you're going to read and as you're going to hear, uh, is going to be very impactful and it's going to inspire a lot of people. So again, thank thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Enlightenment Moment Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Enlightenment Moment. I appreciate all my listeners and supporters of this podcast. I hope you left this episode just a little more enlightened. Catch another moment such as this one next week. As always, to jumpstart your weekend.